This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 66 of the Wisdom by Oisa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sofia Yagela. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Sophia is here with us today to tell us a little bit more about the mini-series that we're starting on our podcast today. Yes, we are getting ready for the big Wessa anniversary, and as part of that, and to also to sort of learn more about the history, we are starting a little mini-series today, which features our past presidents. Each president serves for two years, but they do also hold other positions before the presidency. So most of them serve on the WESA board for an extensive amount of time, and hopefully that means that they can share some stories with us. To kick it all off, um, how about give us all a little bit of history on WESA? So WESA was founded in 1921, and the first WESA trade show took place in January of 1922. And back then, it was actually called the Men's Apparel Club of Colorado. But now the association is not only for men, not just about apparel and not in Colorado anymore. So a lot has changed, including actually renaming it to WESA, um, which surely is much more inclusive. And I have actually been part of WESA for just over three years. But of course, I asked my coworkers and the board about their favorite memories. And those will be shared in this mini series as well. But the majority included that back in the days, which means pre-internet, um, the hallways of the WESA trade show were so packed that you can barely walk through the aisles. And of course, we're using that as motivation for WESA's future. This week's guest on Wisdom by WESA is Buck Anderson. He's a lifetime member of WESA and has served as its president from 1991 to 92, which was well before social media and was actually the year in which the Internet was actually introduced. We're going to ask Buck to take us back to that time and chat about WESA's role in the industry and how the association and its members did business without the communications technology that we have today. Buck Anderson, welcome to Wisdom by Wisa. Uh, that sounds like a very, very smart uh, name for it. <laughs> and it works very well. And this is you're one of this is going to be a show. It's kind of a nostalgia series that we're doing, going back because of the uh, anniversary for Wisa. We're going back into history and interview people who provided direction and leadership and wisdom uh, over the past years. And um, this is your show and your week for you and I to do that. Well, I was. Uh, joined uh, the Men's and Boys and Western Apparel Club in 1975. And I believe it was uh, 
in the in the early or the late eighties that a group of us got together and uh decided to it needed a new name to to really be a mostly a part of the, the Western industry. Up until then we had shared responsibility with the men's uh, conventional clothing and they uh they dwindled very quickly during the during the eighties. A lot of their buyers uh, uh, went to to bigger cities and so on, and so there wasn't much left of them. So Dennis High, myself, and uh, oh come on, <laughs> let me catch a couple of names here: uh, Steve Croft. And uh, I'll come back to the other name in a minute. Anyway, uh, we decided to uh, change it, change the rules. And at, at that point, unfortunately, the association was in the red. And so we descended on the annual meeting and started uh, challenging everybody from the floor for the positions. And we got most of the positions. We got Dennis I became vice president. I became my, uh, uh, or yeah, I became a second vice president, I think they called it. But they used to have two. And so on. We got several other board members and were able to uh, Turn this thing around, and I think it became one of the most successful apparel clubs in the United States. Certainly one of the biggest, which is surprising, but we had members from uh, probably 50 states that were, were members of WESA, or if you call it WESA, that's all right, too. <laughs> when, when I was in the meeting and we named it, I said WESA. But uh, since then, it certainly has, has become WESA. Anyway, we had some great years then. Uh, got uh, Tony High hired to be the director, and she's the one that uh, has taught Amy and uh, her replacement very, very well. So we were, we were glad with that transition, too. But uh, Tony was really got us off the ground as far as an organization. What were some of the events that took place? We had a 75th year celebration, which was uh, very nice. And I I was awarded the Dynasty High Award for the time and effort I had produced for the, for the uh, association. Anyway, we had a wonderful time at the fifth uh, or seventy-fifth anniversary. Um, what was life like as a rep back then? You got out and you drove from town to town to town, and made a lot of personal associations with with your customers, and it was fascinating because you you might be calling on a farm store in the morning. Uh, nice Western store uh, later in the day and a sporting goods store possibly and so on. 
as you went through your territory. And then you would go back to the motel, write the orders, finish writing the orders, uh, get everything added up, and go uh, put them in a nice envelope and send them away the next morning in the mail. You had to carry around a little scale mail, and uh, that that was part of it. I knew where the post office were from uh, from Tucson to uh, Timbuktu, I guess, to <laughs> Sterling, Colorado, and that uh, that basically was the the drill we all did. I represented a number of different lines over the years in the Denver area. Previous to that, I had I had been national sales manager of a belt company, Chambers Belt Company, out of Phoenix, Arizona, and repped them in California previously. But uh, it was uh, 1975 before I actually joined, moved to Denver and and, uh, joined the association. So I had a lot of wonderful years, covered a lot of territory, covered eight, eight to 10 states at one time or another, got to know a lot of people. So it, it was a very different life, but uh, it, it was a, a very satisfying career. I ended up, for, for the last 25 years, uh, selling hats for a Langenberg hat company. What was really nice, my wife, who had been, my wife, Carol, who had been a, a rep in the, in the children's clothing business, selling cute little dresses and everything, uh, decided to travel with me. I ran into a friend that made hats in, in California called Shady Brady. And I said, do you have a rep in the area? He said, uh, no, I just come to markets. I said, well, why don't you leave some of your samples? Carol's traveling with me. I think it would be right up her alley. And so... For the last five years that uh, we wrote, we worked. She traveled with me, and she sold Shady Brady hats, and I sold uh, several several other lines. So, very satisfying. Buck, let's go so, back and talk a bit about when your uh, your presidency. Um, I mean, and I mentioned in an introduction I did, um, you were on the road. You sent things around by mail. You talked by telephone. You were president the year that the Internet was actually introduced. There was not social media, so you couldn't use it, and uh, uh, the retailers and the brands couldn't use it. So talk a bit about what it was like doing business on a day-to-day basis back in those days when modern communications hadn't really been invented yet. Except for the phone. Yeah. You're really making me feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> those those were really uh, the fun days. Uh, and unfo- yeah, I, it, I would go out and, and call on several accounts every day. And uh, like I say, and, oh, it's, the territory is varied over time, but in eight states. Lucky enough to have uh, uh, all the state parks and the, or the national parks that usually had gift shops. 
that I could do business with. And uh, a lot of farm store business that was just really starting where they would introduce uh, some Western wear in the stores. And they, they were great for hats. And I sold winter caps by the, by the hundreds of dozens up in Wyoming and Montana. Uh, real warm ones called Railroad Cap and, and a couple others. Uh, but you would have to take inventories, see what they had left from the season before, see, show them what is current, and uh, then let them, let them pick out well, what they would like and write it all up and, and put it in an envelope and send it to uh, Missouri, where the factories were that I worked for at the time. It was fun meeting all people from uh, all different states and all different uh, customs. Uh, you got El Paso to uh, the far reaches of Montana and usually covered the territory entirely twice a year and then some other trips in between to, to stock things up. So it was uh, a lot of work, but a lot of fun. And I certainly uh, loved the association that I belonged to and served and the career I had. It sounds it's like you it's, did. Yeah, ahead, it's, it's cer it certainly created a long lasting uh, legacy. And um, the interesting thing for me is, um, so being part of, I say, the rodeo world, and uh, we call it a rodeo family, but being a yeah. member and being a part of WISA is like a WISA family. And I would like you to define what being a part of the WISA family means to you. Well, it certainly in the past has meant a lot to me over the years, uh, getting to know uh, Tony High when she she took over. I actually did the I did hire her, and like I say, she uh, was really part family. The girl, the gals in the office, and then she she uh, hired uh, her replacement, uh, Amy, and she became part of the family. And we you know we became uh, really personal friends, as she did with probably hundreds of reps. <laughs> In the, in the business, she, I tell you, I think she knew everybody's name, and I, I at one time knew darn near everybody's name. But uh, <laughs> there's well over a thousand members, as I knew. So yeah. that's why and, I say it was it was a, just a great experience. Can we yeah. go back to your presidency? What were the things you focused on? What took most of your attention? Uh, where did you spend your time? A president of an association, there are a million things they can get involved with. But going back to the early 90s, what were the types of things that you addressed or spent your time dealing with uh, as president? Fortunately, with Tony High, it was very easy. She, she kept all the ducks in a row. And uh, we we didn't have to make too many decisions. We did have to make some as far as how much we would spend for entertainment and things like that. Uh, 
in fact, it's very interesting. I may, I remember signing a check for some entertainer that uh, we had booked to come in and do the show. That was in, that was in May or June, and I don't know that he, anybody had thought much about who this guy was, but he came highly recommended, and uh, he uh, he showed up as a famous. He's the most famous uh, Western singer going at the time, and that was Garth Brooks. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, we got to the point where we thought, no, he's way too popular to come to our little deal in Denver, Colorado, when he's singing, when he's doing concerts all over the country, big time. <laughs> but he did, and he was a total gentleman, great guy. And uh, I think it was it was very good for him because of the, the attendance that we have at market. Uh, I mean, by the time that got over, everybody knew who he was, and uh, I certainly did. <laughs> so that that was one of the really really uh, big decisions that we made. Every year is how what we're going to entertain, how much we could, could we uh, spend on uh, food and so on for for all the customers to come this far for a market, and we did a lot of phone calling. Uh, all the reps called their own accounts and made appointments. Then we had a lot of publicity from the going out from the West office, but we said. <laughs> anyway, they uh, they did great artwork and, and presentation and mailings and so on, and did, did a fine job, and we got some real good turnouts. Well, and, how, and you know, I'm sure that was due to a lot of work on your part and the staff's work, uh, but at the same time, you were still carrying on your rep business, am I correct? Oh, absolutely, and I tell you. During that market, it was the nose to the grindstone, boy. You didn't even look up. No, they were so busy. Thank you for taking the time to be here on Wisdom by Wisa, and I hope you enjoy your time over in Gunnison. Grand Junction. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, Grand Junction. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're down here in the southern part of the state. We get the western slope yeah. mixed up. Yes, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> Come over the big mountain and see us. That's right. right. Okay. Thanks, it, Buck. It was it, it was a pleasure. I uh, I'm glad to uh, talk with you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. The show notes and links from today's show can be found at the website wisdombywisa.com. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback. There is a contact link on that website. The Wisdom by Wisa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Wisa, where the industry meets.